Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Good to be back with my guys on the Super Talk Eagle Hour, Bob, Kelly, and Luke. We're broadcasting today from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. And uh, guys, thanks for holding down the fort. Uh, glad to see both of you again. That's what that's what being part of a team is all about, Bob. We're glad to have Welcome you back. Welcome back. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Kelly got a big smile on his face today, Luke. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Look like they may be the best team in the NFL yesterday. Boy, they were impressive, Santa. In the snow of in the all snow. things, too. In Buffalo. Yeah, think- it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just the offense, Kelly. We were talking, uh, you know, during uh, off airs the Cincinnati defense as well. Yeah, I, and the Bengal defense never really gets credited, you know, when you got uh, Joe Cool at the quarterback position. But uh, Buffalo was thirteen and one in the modern day playoffs at Buffalo, and for Cincinnati to go in there and play as well as they did. And now they have to go to Kansas City well, again. Uh, I'm cheering for the Bengals. The good news is on the NFC side, there will be a Southern Miss Golden Eagle playing in the Super Bowl with Quez Watkins from Philly and uh, Tavares Moore from the 49ers. So that's good news on the NFC right. side. And, guys, is it fair to say now that Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback? He's getting paid like one. Yeah, and I'm, and I think I'm, he's the highest-paid quarterback in the league. And I'm sure that's all he cares about. What do you about. say, Luke? I, mean, just, I think he was just intimidated because uh, he was taking on an Iowa State Cyclone in Brock Purdy. There you go. Could have been. That's a got been. Cyclone in the house. How good are the 49ers that they can continue to win with a rookie playing quarterback? Well, it's, it's a good point. But the defense, Bob, is carrying this team. You know, the defense is carrying San Francisco. Uh, and they always say that ultimately it's the defense that will win, win it for you. And that's what I'm saying. Cincinnati's defense has been underrated here lately. Uh, they're going to have to play another good game. They've beaten Kansas City three times in a row. So Please make it four. Please <laughs> make it four. Well, we'll find out Sunday night at, at, uh, at yeah. about 530. And, you know, the Bengals are playing well. But as we talk college basketball, you guys, there's a team in Hattiesburg yeah. that's playing pretty doggone well right now, yeah, the Golden we, Eagles. We heard so much about James Madison. Yeah. Well, James Madison got beat by 13 points. And, guys, I'm going to throw this out there. I, I know that uh, Hase was the, you know, the preseason, all the pub about him and all the new players. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I think DeAndre Pinkney right now is the story of this basketball team, Luke. Career uh, day on Saturday, 28 points. Um, Curly chipped in uh, 14, but it's one of those things where he's benefited from the double teams that have come Hase's way. It wasn't just uh, Pinkney, and he was recently you know, Sunbelt Player of the Week, but you want to talk about the entire team. They shot Eagles shot 57% 
in the first half. That's extraordinary. So what do they do in the second half? They shot 64%. So 60% for the game. Eagles uh, defeat James Madison by a score at 83-70. to The biggest crowd in the Jay Ladner area on Thursday against South Alabama. More Eagle fans turn out Saturday. And as of Saturday, the largest crowd in the Ladner area is Eagles win. Arkansas State coming to town on Thursday. But one other element Saturday, you saw that Nafta Perez, Naftali uh, Alvarez, not Perez, but Alvarez came in, uh, didn't start. It's but, electric. Know, man. He, that yeah. guy is probably the quickest guard I've ever seen. He's so quick that on two or three instances, and you guys saw this, where it looked like he was going to the hole and he would dish off at the last minute, and his teammates weren't even ready uh, to, to receive a pass from him. He is that quick. But, man, does he add an element of – Obviously, making the team even better if he plays like that. No question. Going from the point and can penetrate, you know, that deep into the lane and get some of those reverse layups, and it's just amazing. He played. Uh, he played 22 minutes. Four, I think, four assists during that time. Uh, he had two steals as well. I, I was texting somebody the other day. I think he's probably our best one-on-one defender. I mean, just the and and you can see that how he feeds off. You know, the coaches on the bench. I mean, just, and if you look, you know, there's four dudes from Miami Christian High School that go back and, and, uh, Coach Cordona that, that played with him. Hase's one, um, and, and Alvarez is another. But I mean, his quickness with the assist as well, um, only scored five points, but you know, you can probably see, uh, the, the shooting come back just a little more. But like you said, that, that reverse layup that he did right. when, he, when he dribbled down the baseline and then when he found Crowley on the, uh, on the pass out, out to the corner. I mean, I, I, he, he's going to be an X factor going out. I mean, they were, Eagles were what, 15 and four without him now, 17 and four, two and oh with him the last two games. And Luke, how about Donovan Ivory when he had a heck of a game? I thought Saturday. Yeah, Ivory scored eight. And he he had his you know his career game back against Montana and uh, kind of wanted to see some flashes of that but yeah he got eight off the bench and I mean Eagles now um, in you know when you look at the Sun the Sun Belt standings uh, after the weekend I mean Eagles still tied for Marshall Marshall did beat them head to head so they have that you know a, a little tiebreaker but the Eagles tied now with Louisiana and Marshall six and two overall in the Sun Belt and it's Coach Cardonas is that correct Cardona. Have you ever seen a man sweat through a suit? <laughs> this man sweats he did through suits. He's intense. We, we do know that about him. When you're drinking straight Cuban coffee every morning, uh, you're a little bit Again, intense. he sweats through suits, Kelly. <laughs> that's, that's a guy who's into his job. He just didn't sweat through the suit. He drenched, he drenched through the suit. The suit. And, and, you know, yes. the, one of the other aspects of this team is there just doesn't appear to be any selfishness at all. I mean, Tyler Mormon comes off the bench, you know, when he's needed, you know, played well. Armstrong has been playing well off the bench and even if it's just for two or three minutes here or there yeah. uh it's it's just really been fun to watch and by evidence of the way the people are turning out just about every comment on social media is this team is so much fun to watch no question. Let's not they forget. are and what, one more guy to mention too is a guy who really in the last what two weeks has really started to get his offense picked up zanaj harris right uh he had he had 10 points against uh, james madison he had 11 against South Alabama. You know, he had his career night a few weeks back with over 20. He he's big because I mean, when you're looking at this team, you're saying, okay, we got to lock down Crowley, got to lock down Hase. Now we got to lock down Peeney. Oh, by the way, there's another dude that's double digits as well with Harris. So it, it, 
they, they have so many options right. versus the last several years. You only had, if you shut down one or two guys, you've got the entire offense shut down. Men are now 17 and four. The women are 13 and six. They beat Appalachian State on the road, lost by one point right at the buzzer, had the ball going in for what looked like was going to be a winning layup, and the ball got stolen from them, lost by one point to Marshall. But 13 and six, Luke, and the women's team is playing very well, too. They did after that, you know, career unbelievable performance by Malaya Grayson against App State, twenty six points, fifteen rebounds. Eagles come back and and like you said, they had a chance at at the very end. Got outscored um, in the in the second half, only scored nine points in in the third quarter. Davis had eighteen points. Now here you go. This is what we've been talking about, Kelly, the la- the last week or so. Davis had eighteen points. Nobody else was in double digits. Yeah. Gross had nine. Grayson had eight. Uh, Funes had, what, seven? I think uh, Watkins had six, yeah. So it, it proves the point. They Marshall found the way to, to force Dom Davis to be the, the only scorer. And, and, you know, Eagles got held to, to 52 when they've scored a lot more than that. That's going to be the key continually going forward is to be able to share the wealth in the scoring column. And when they do, they, they, they produce wins. I mean, the numbers don't lie. And, and also, on the contrary, when there's only one person in double digits, then then you got problems. Combined, the teams are thirty and ten, so uh, basketball is looking uh, pretty good right now for the Golden. Eagles. You know, Marshall's getting to be kind of a pain in the drain, aren't they? Yeah, pain in the drain. Huh? <laughs> well, Knock down South Alabama, and another one shall appear. That's right. That's yeah. right. But so, but Lady Eagles are they're tied for second place uh, in the Sun Belt, tied with Troy at six and two, James Madison seven and one. All right, so the men host Arkansas State and Texas State this Thursday and Saturday. The women are on the road at Arkansas State and at Texas State. So a lot of basketball coming up this week. And when you look at the the remaining home schedule, one of the games I know, and this is based on talking to fans on Saturday, and I have to tell everybody too, Bob, the number of people that came up uh, it said that they really they listen to the Eagle Hour and they enjoy it, and I know they're listening because they'll they'll say specific things that we said on the air. Uh, it's amazing the the fans that are listening to this show, but they're all circling. They're yeah, they're all circling that game with Louisiana when when the Cajuns come back to Reed Green because that could very well be for potentially a number one seed. Exciting stuff. I'll tell you what else is exciting is that baseball practice starts Friday afternoon. And, of course, the regional champion Golden Eagles are loaded, as always. We're going to talk to head baseball coach Scott Berry in just a few minutes. Practice kicks off Friday. We'll be at Media Day on Thursday. We'll be bringing you some interviews with a number of players. So when we come back, we're going to continue to celebrate basketball. We're going to talk Southern Miss baseball. And then we're going to talk to Scott Watkins later in the show from the Biloxi Sun-Herald about the overall league right now. Uh, in basketball, and what he anticipates as well is baseball season is just a few weeks away. Well, I hope you've got your baseball tickets because <laughs> they're... if you don't, you're SOL. Hey. <laughs> you maybe maybe Coach Barry in the next segment can tell us maybe there's uh, maybe there's a secret spot to watch. He would know, right? There we go. All right, Coach Scott Barry next on the Eagle Hour.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring uh, that first segment as we talked college basketball. Also want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Fitting that we have Coach Scott Berry on because I know Miss Kathleen is a huge fan of Coach Berry's, and I know Coach Berry's a big fan of uh, – Miss Kathleen at Campus Bookboard on Hardy Street. Coach, how in the world are you? Good to have you back on the show. Doing well, Bob. Just getting ready. Get this thing cranked up again. Yeah, you made a good point off the air. We played so late into the summer. It just uh, it seems like we just got through playing. Here we are again. It's time for baseball. That's exactly right. Doesn't take long to to get back around when you uh, when you make it to the super regionals. And obviously, that one year in '09, we made it to. Uh, Omaha, and that, that even shortened the time that it took to get back to the next season. Right. So we're excited about everything moving forward here for the 2023 season, though. All right, Coach, a lot of anticipation. Obviously, uh, your your ball club is ranked uh, in the top 25 of every major uh, baseball poll that, that has come out. Uh, expectations very high, but uh, having gotten to know you over the last uh, 10 or 12 years, that's what you like. You like high expectations. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what every head coach and every program aspires to to have is is those expectations. And a lot of that's based on tradition and what your program's been able to do over the years. And certainly, I feel like that we have uh, we've gained those uh, that respect of uh, those around the country and and our fans embrace that that uh, that new season and the expectations that go with it. All right, coach. How will the team, if any, how will the team look different? Uh, when you start practice uh, here on Friday? Well, you know, from position player-wise, it, it doesn't look that much different. Obviously, we return uh, many of those players that have played last year and even the year before. So, you know, we're cut, we're going to be new at a couple of positions there. Uh, you know, probably at second base, we'll – We'll have somebody new there, uh, and left field will kind of see a little platoon between Reese Ewing and, and Tate Parker. But uh, outside of that, we're we're pretty pretty much the same. Center field, you know, we've got Etzel, a uh, new a new junior college transfer that's looked really well there in center. But you know, we only lost two seniors last year, Bob, and that was uh, Gabe Montenegro and 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 Hunter Riggins. Both of those were the only two seniors. Now we did lose some guys. Uh, to the portal and and uh, and into graduation, particularly on the pitching side, lost a, or I'm sorry, not to graduation to the draft, but on the pitching side, we took a big hit in the draft, losing five guys that you know all five could have come back. So mm-hmm. you know we'll be we'll be somewhat new there. Coach, this is an administrative question off of the text line that somebody has texted in, wanted us to ask you, and I know it's it's really more of a Jeremy McLean question, but uh, address it how you'd like to. Um, it's and it's really come into focus with the lack of ticket availability now, which is standing room only tickets. It's a great problem to have, but of course, your average run of the mill fan wants to know. Well, what about expansion at, at Pete Taylor Park? You know, I think that's something in discussion right now within uh, the next uh, few years, uh, and I think that's going to be uh, in discussion with a lot of our facilities and upgrades. But certainly one of expansion uh, has been talked about at Pete Taylor Park. You know, I don't want to make it so big that, that now you create empty seats. And, and uh, you know, what we do have right now, uh, and you, you understand this, is a demand to get a season ticket and get in the gate. And certainly we haven't had that. For, uh, you know, in the history of this program, but you've been seeing it building. 
you know, two years ago we were at 1,800 season tickets sold. Last year we we shattered that record um, by a thousand. Was 2,800. Now to date we're at over 3,400 wow. in standing room only. So we continue to to have that momentum where people are really wanting to invest in our program and. You know, I feel like that we're giving them a reason to do that. So, but what we don't want to do is create a a stadium that just has a lot of emptiness. You know, we want it to be a a, a stadium where the atmosphere is right on top of the field. And, you know, the, the urgency to get out and get your tickets. You know, I think is is pretty neat. You know, it makes you to it makes you get out there and get them early and not sit around and wait. And one of the questions before I turn, turn it over to Luke, and this is, this is kind of a, a double-edged sword, I know, in, in college coaching, is that college coaches are real quick to you know, warn young parents of younger players, be careful on the travel ball, not too many games, all those sorts of things. But really, when you look at, at most Division One programs, I statistically would think a high percentage of the players on those starting rosters were products of travel ball. So how do you, how do you juggle that? Well, I mean, shoot, have almost everybody now that that we recruit, we sign, and have been associated with some type of a travel ball team in in the summer. And obviously, as they get older, uh, you know, it, it it starts to narrow itself down. And uh, there's there's the perfect game, and and there's the East Cobb, and and everything that goes with it, and Under Armour, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, you know, we just so you know they're big players in what we do and how we recruit. Certainly, uh, they are the uh, the world of, of, of baseball right now, amateur baseball. So you you have to embrace it if you're at this end and in the recruiting side of it because that's where your players are going to be coming from. Luke, get in here with coach. Coach, uh, so for our listeners, many of them want to know, you know, what spring practice looks like from now till till the Liberty Series. You guys get cranked up later this week just kind of fill in the gaps for our listeners. Well, we started school last Wednesday, so right now we're in what we call our small group work. Uh, you know, we uh, we gave our guys a plan when they left for Christmas break. They were off for 6 weeks, uh, and that plan basically involve them and and keeping themselves in shape and and certainly reporting back in shape because once we start practice this Friday, which will be uh, January the 27th, we have three weeks to get ready before we open up on February 17th with Liberty. So in those three-week period, obviously we can't get them in shape. They have to have reported back in shape, which I feel like they did. But uh, the real practice starts on on Friday, this Friday, so that's when we can come together as a team without – you know the limited hours that we are right now. What uh, you know, we we've talked to to Coach Hall, Coach Ladner, Coach McNellis, but baseball, you know, it's a little different. What what do you when when does it basically move from like, you know, preseason practice? I know you guys have fall ball, but like almost like a game week mentality. This Friday, I mean, we are inter squad on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and that is open to the public, but. We'll go 1 o'clock on Friday, 12 o'clock on Saturday, and 2 o'clock on Sunday. So, like I said, we we have three weeks to get ready, and we we put a lot on these guys and held them accountable to, to report back in shape. So we'll limit their pitches here uh, early on, but we have to get that, that live experience both from the pitching side and from the hitter side in order for us to be ready there that first weekend. And, Coach, it did appear you went out and found you some guys to add some punch to the batting lineup. Uh, you expect this to be a little heavier hitting team than maybe what we had last year? 
Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I hope so. We return a lot of those guys from last year, so you got to prove, you know, feel like that experience is going to is going to prove to be uh, a big plus and advantage for us uh, going into this year. You know, last year I think we hit. 276, uh, you know, and the power numbers were certainly up there with, with 82, Sarge leading the way with, with 21. And, you know, so we uh, we put up some pretty good numbers there last year, but we're always looking to, to be better. You know, I think the, the, the days of seeing consistently teams that are hitting over 300, you know, I don't know how much you're going to see of that anymore. These guys on the mound are – have really picked up a lot of velocity, and which proves to be pretty difficult for guys to hit. Obviously, so uh, you know, I do, I do feel like that you know we have the ability, should be able to, to put up better numbers than than what we did last year, just from the experience that that we returned. And I look at your first six opponents: Liberty, UNO, Illinois, Mississippi State, Dallas Baptist, Ole Miss. Then after shortly after that, you're in the Sun Belt, which had I think what three maybe regional teams last year. Challenging schedule, but boy, how exciting is this that the level of competition? Well, you know, I know, and I hope you see that I never shy away from competition. I think that's what makes us better. Certainly, when you're building a resume at the end of the year for the committee to uh, to analyze and and reward those who have played those challenging schedules. I hope, you know, we, we've taken care of business and, and won our share that we are considered, if, it, if we're not an automatic bid by winning our conference tournament, then certainly we are an at-large bid that gives us a chance to be one of those 64 to get to Omaha. So I think this is probably the toughest schedule that we've ever put together here at Southern Miss, um, you know, based on what I can see. This schedule's two years old uh, when we when we make it, and uh you know, our guys are looking forward to it, as, as is our staff. Well, Coach, I, I guess it'd be an understatement to tell you we're all excited here on the Eagle Hour about baseball uh, starting back, and uh, we look forward to your regular appearances on the show. Going to be out there Thursday to uh, talk to you and some of the guys as uh, baseball is underway, Coach. We really appreciate uh, you sharing your time with us today. Well, we're looking forward to the interviews that are, that are com- in the coming days and coming weeks. And uh, thanks for all the support. Thanks for the support that people are giving Coach Ladner and his team over there. It's a great atmosphere, and it just does nothing but help help our athletic department, help our school, and it helps everybody in recruiting all sports. Coach, before you go, real quickly, would it kill you to schedule Southern New Hampshire just one just once, <laughs> <laughs> one weekend? <laughs> Well, I don't know. We're we're challenged enough right now. Oh, yeah. All right, Coach, thanks. Coach Scott Berry, everybody. Thank you. Head baseball coach, Southern Miss. (laughs) I wouldn't mind seeing a couple Southern New Hampshire's. Online, yeah, those online colleges. No kidding, no kidding. (laughs) We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, I want to thank 4th Street Barn Grill for sponsoring this segment of the Eagle Hour. Great lunch, $9.95, Monday through Friday. Great sandwiches all night and weekends. And, of course, the big games are always on the TV 
want to thank Slay, the guys at Fourth Street Bar and Grill for all they do for the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Also want to thank head baseball coach Scott Berry for joining us. Kelly Sanders sounded like a pretty confident baseball coach today. Well, when you're to the point where you don't have to rebuild or you don't have to re, what is it? Rebuild, but you, rebuild. Yeah, you're reloading. You're reloading. It's a yeah. much better place to be in for sure. No question. Scott Watkins is the uh, sports writer for the Biloxi Sun-Herald, and uh, we're glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. Uh, Scott, we've been talking baseball last segment, basketball uh, the segment before. Let's start with round ball. The Golden Eagles 17-4, and 6-2 and two in the league. Your observation of Sunbelt basketball to this point is what? Uh, it's my my. My observation is that things have kind of balanced out in a weird way up to this point. Um, we're seeing a lot of traditional Sunbelt powers really struggle. I mean, you saw Southern Miss uh, just beat South Alabama last week. That's one team that's struggled a little bit this year. Texas State, App State, Georgia State, they're all kind of down. But the influx of Southern Miss and Marshall and James Madison have tipped the scales back towards you know, where the league kind of sat the last few years because they're all playing really, really well. They're all top 100 teams in the net. Uh, it, it's kind of a weird season, because if, if this hadn't happened a year earlier, if if these teams hadn't jumped in uh, a year sooner than they should have, the Sunbelt would be really bad this year, if not for Southern Miss and Marshall and James Madison. So that's kind of been my impression early on, but we still have the second half of the season to go. So a lot, a lot to see so far. Yeah, this uh, second half still to go. I tell you what's set up to be big in Hattiesburg is when uh, the Raging Cajuns uh, come to Reed Green Coliseum. Uh, of course, they beat Southern Miss earlier in the year, but that that could be big time exciting basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that game, uh, there's there's a crucial road swing. I think after this home home stand comes to an end, that road swing right before Louisiana is going to be the biggest part of the year, I think. When you when you go to Troy and you go to Georgia State, uh, getting two wins right there would mean the world. It would mean staying staying into a uh, into the race for that top seed. Um, but that that, that three game stretch from Florida Louisiana is massive, and uh, it, it falls right there in the middle. So there's a lot of focus and there's a lot of consistency that's going to be required out of this team going forward. And I, Luke, halfway there, where where do things stand as we uh, as we continue our conversation with Scott? Three way tie uh, for first place: Marshall, Southern Miss, Louisiana, all six and two. Then a three way tie for second: Troy. Georgia Southern ULM at five and three, James Madison Coastal and App State four and four, Old Dominion Texas State three and five, Georgia State South Alabama two and six, and then the Golden Eagles opponent on Thursday Arkansas State one and seven. So get in here, Luke. Get in here with Scott. Scott. So yeah, I mean your your take before we specifically talk Southern Miss. What happens if you have you know two twenty win teams? You know or, or uh, you know. Two twenty-three, twenty-four win teams right now. The Eagles is seventeen and four. Marshall seventeen and four. Louisiana sixteen and four. I mean, we talked about you know how everybody was going to beat each other up, but I mean, if you have you know two or three teams in the mid twenties, can this be a two bid league? Possibly, but I would not uh, bank on it. That's for sure. I, I know the Sun Belt and even Conference USA in past years have. Has definitely been overlooked when maybe it shouldn't have. I know the Ohio Valley Conference has dealt with the same thing in recent years. On on paper, everything kind of seems to to fans 
I, I know that to mid-major fans, it seems like it should be fair. That should be the case. But a lot of times, it's just not. It's just not how the community views it. I think if you've got three teams that are pushing 24 or 25 wins, I think that those three teams should be in serious consideration, especially if they're playing each other in the conference tournament. It's really just how things shake up there at the very end of the year. It's possible, but I certainly would not get uh, yeah. any hopes up about it. Golden Eagle fans remember about 10 years ago, we had a, uh, at that time, it was an RPI, an RPI of 31 and uh, and 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 got snubbed. All right, your uh, your take over the last couple games, Alvarez obviously, uh, in a lot of ways, can can be an X factor going forward. Yes, yes, he can, especially defensively. Uh, that is the only real area that I think Southern Miss could use the most improvement down the stretch is just creating more live ball turnovers, and that is what Alvarez does. That is that is his specialty. Uh, 10 minutes to 22 minutes against James Madison. I know they want to get him back from the starting lineup because his presence on the ball at the top of their defense is make or break. I mean, it it is game-changing. It alters the game flow. It puts pressure on the other team. It really kind of changes things, and I think that's what they are hoping to get out of Alvarez, uh, just kind of speed up the game in key moments with his defensive play. That's the big story from the last two games. That's my big takeaway is that this will allow them to go a little bit deeper, uh, they they put Alvarez and Mo Arnold out there at the same time uh, occasionally, and that's in a, that's a phenomenal defensive set right there. That that just gives him just gives Jay Ladner you know something else to look at, something else, a new a new arm, a new weapon. It makes Southern Miss a little bit more dangerous down the stretch. I think the thing that that uh, jumps out at me is one of the things that Luke said is back when Donnie Tyndall was coaching here. I think the Eagles were either on the cusp of thirty wins. Uh, are real, you know, real close to that number, and didn't even get a sniff from the NCAA committee. In fact, I think they went into the NIT tournament as a, a five seed. No, so, they were actually a one seed that year. That were they in yeah, the they in the NIT? Seed. They were, they were, I believe so. Yeah, with Kentucky and a few other teams. Okay, gosh, I don't, I don't remember them being that high, but nonetheless, they didn't get into the NCAA tournament. So, I unfortunately, I have to agree with Scott that that, uh, but that Scott makes it all the more important to finish as a a top four seed in the conference tournament because of that double bye uh, situation. Yeah, absolutely. The league kind of sets things up uh, to where it it'll help the uh, the top seeds. I know the Sun Belt has messed with its conference schedule and its conference tournament schedule almost every year for the last three, four years, just trying to position itself best uh, to get back into uh, – where it was maybe 15 years ago, where there was one, where there was two or three teams, you know that that could push for an NCAA tournament bid. That's how they're trying to position position themselves. This is a fantastic year to see how this setup is going to work because, of course, you have Southern Miss Marshall, who are both playing really good basketball. James Madison, Louisiana, as well. And one one of the teams that is not you know you're not not hearing a lot about but I'm I'm kind of rooting for just because they always seem to be at the doormat of every other sport is Louisiana Monroe and Jay Ladner talks often in media outings about how the Warhawks and the Golden Eagles were both finished at the bottom of the standings of just about every poll they look at and right behind Southern Miss in the standings is Louisiana Monroe so good good for them the Warhawks having an unexpectedly good year yeah, it's been uh, it, it's gone game to game. It's kind of gone as expected. I, I'd say wins over Texas State, sweeping Texas State has been huge. 
but they have lost to the teams that they have they have been that they have supposed to lose to, and they've got Marshall and Jays Madison coming up, both of them on the road. So we we may not be having the same conversation about ULM this time next week. Uh, but yeah, they've they've stolen a couple wins that were not so expected, but they have had trouble in games against the Sun Belt's better teams. All right, Scott, just a couple minutes left. Uh, we just got off the phone with head baseball coach Scott Berry. I'll talk to you briefly about Sun Belt baseball. You bring in a Southern Miss and an Old Dominion into a league that already had a couple of really good teams, uh, really more than two, uh, in the conference. Uh, Sun Belt baseball may prove to be the best uh, group of five conference in the country. Yeah, I think from a mid-major standpoint, it, it's going to kind of take over this year. I think baseball is what, after football, everybody's really excited about because, like you said, you throw Southern Miss and Old Dominion into a mix that includes South Alabama and Coastal Carolina and Louisiana and Troy and, and just a bunch of programs that have all uh, touched the uh, the NCAA tournament, made runs in the tournament. Coastal, just before joining the Sun Belt, of course, uh, won a national championship. Uh, this is going to be a very, very, very exciting season. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know I'm personally just looking forward to watching that Southern Miss lineup and specifically watching those outfielders run around. I'm really excited for what this team is going to do this year. Yeah, you think Southern Miss can be as dominant uh, as they have been in Conference USA the last few years? I think they can. Uh, this, I mean, this is a top 25 team. There's no doubt about it. It, it doesn't matter what league that Southern Miss is in. It's going to it's going to have a lot of success. Uh, the lineup is just I, – I think it's going to be night and day from last year. I think they're not going to have as many – uh, consistency issues because they're going to be more athletic and they're going to be able to move around the bases uh, in different ways that they were not able to do last year. Of course, huge, huge question marks on the pitching staff, but there were also huge, huge question marks this time last year in that same area, and, and we, we know how that worked out. So all faith in Scott Berry and company, I think. Yes, yeah, Scott, and the Golden Eagles have a secret weapon. It's the Oz. Uh, so yes. we, we anticipate the pitching staff will be just fine. Scott, always good stuff from you, man. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll look forward to having you back on our show real soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Bob, maybe he would consider being hired as a stringer for the Hattiesburg paper. That uh... well, They could use some help. <laughs> Scott stays pretty busy where he's at. Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald doing a great he job. doesn't need to lower his standards, right? No, he doesn't need to. He's doing it's a been, great it's job. It's been... How many days has it been since that publication published an SEC story in Overlook Southern Miss? It happened yesterday, guys. Yeah. Shocker. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Good stuff as always with Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Appreciate him joining us. Scott Berry, head coach of Southern Miss Baseball, joined us in the second segment. If you missed either one of those interviews, you can go back and listen on demand today, supertalk.fm, or catch us in podcast form, Google uh, Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Just search for the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Whole gang back today, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. 
and Laurel for segment of the Eagle Hour. As always, brought to you by D1 Training and DBAT in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're talking baseball earlier today and high school baseball, middle school baseball, and softball right on top of us. D-Bat and D1 can help uh, your youngster get in to the, uh, the, not only the best shape, but instruction, gear, all of that. D-Bat, D1 training in Hattiesburg, D-Bat, Hattiesburg. Com. Men and women's tennis were supposed to get underway this past weekend against Jackson State, but because of the rain on Saturday or, and yesterday, it was postponed. So the men uh, get back uh, on the courts this coming Friday when uh, they host North Alabama at the Southern Miss Tennis Complex. Women will open their spring season uh, next Sunday, January 29th, at Florida A&M. Track and field had an unbelievable weekend uh, up in Nashville uh, at the Vanderbilt Invitational. Some other records fall, personal records fall, school records fall, and we're not going to spoil it all because John Stewart will join us first segment tomorrow to walk us through all of that. And uh, congratulations to his crew, track and field, out to uh, to start a, a brand new um, spring season, indoor season, and then outdoor season. All right, guys. I uh, just just because we don't want to make you know um, unvalidated claims on this show, the official what what is the previously mentioned uh, publication? Can we the, say that on air? The Hattiesburg American. Where do they uh, where where do they dwell or supposedly dwell? Kelly? Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is the same city that the University of Southern Mississippi is located. Okay, just wanted to make sure. So. Uh, there, there's a basketball team in Hattiesburg um, that's doing pretty well. Isn't, isn't that correct? Yeah, we. In fact, we talked about it today. They're they're the talk of the town. They're 17 and four. Um, they're tied for first place in their conference. The women also they're having a pretty good year, right? They're second in their conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just scrolling back through uh, this publication's official Twitter timeline, January 5th, guys, an article about uh, Louisiana Lafayette, Southern Miss, and ULM about their Sunbelt Conference opponents, but the only exclusive article on Southern Miss, uh, you have to go all the way back to uh, to December 28th, and it's actually, Kelly, about a guy that's going to be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Juan Cardona, the assistant men's, one of the men's assistant <laughs> basketball coaches who gives everything to what he's doing. He's going to be joining us on the show. That article was when about Coach Cardona? December 28th. So uh, I'm actually now all the way scrolling back before Christmas. So, yeah, in the last month, there's only been two articles on Southern Miss. And wasn't one of them football? Yeah, one was football, one was basketball, but it was about a coach. And uh, I don't know, you know, you've got a top 25 baseball team. Okay, here we go. December 21st, we've got yeah. a uh, a recruiting class article. So three since December 21st. We rest our case. Is it possible that they have written any articles about any of the schools up north, Luke? Not only them, Alabama, Tennessee, mm. Austin Armstrong did get mentioned, but that was in the context of the school from, from Tuscaloosa. But, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State University and the University of Mississippi Oxford are all over this uh, timeline. You know, from a business decision, we make fun of this, but from a business decision, how do you justify It just seems to be bone-dead stupid, Kelly. I understand that there are – that the newspaper industry is – is in trouble like never before because of social media, internet access, things like that. But if you are fighting for your proverbial lives, would you not try harder than ever before to provide the public something that it desperately wants? And that's news but, about the hometown. One but, would think. 
But, you know, don't worry about it because we've got guys like Scott Watkins at the at the Sun-Herald. We've got our good friend Andrew Abadie at, Sun, at Pine Belt Sports, Heath Hinton at Big Gold Nation. There are people that are covering Southern Miss, and guess what? They should be commended for it. It's just hard to believe. It, it's 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 a head scratcher. Yeah, um, hard to believe. And 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 the importance the and and Luke's point is well made about there are some people doing it, but the importance about your any newspaper, any journalist that's writing. You know, you got this guy in Congress uh, in, in New York that they say he lied on his resume or whoever's whoever. I don't really follow all that that much, but if you had you know journalists, independent journalists that worked hard at uncovering facts. The likelihood that a person like that would ever be elected is minimized because you have people that are doing legitimate fact checking and and with the death of all these you know smaller town newspapers, that type of stuff is become, going to become more rampant so well, if, if you get a chance to support Big Gold Nation and the Biloxi Sun Herald and and, and uh, Pine Belt Sports, Pine Belt Andrew, Sports Abbey. Andrew Abbey and those guys do it because that's money talks and you know what well, walks. Here's you some facts. Eagles are 70th in the net today. Basketball, they're 17 and 4. They're tied for first place. Lady Eagles are tied for second place. And the Golden Eagle baseball team, 21st in Baseball America's preseason poll today. Those are facts. All right, here's a fact. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I want to thank D1 and D-Bat for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Also, Mo Bay Beignet Company. I could go for a nice beignet and some hot coffee. Maybe six in under three minutes. Maybe. Let's roll. Mo Bay Beignet on Hardy Street, right across from the campus. D1 on Hardy Street as well. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the to top. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.